This is the CineSnob Podcast. Welcome to episode 177 of the CineSnob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Jocelyn Duran. So uh, I don't think there's any uh, movie stuff that changed this week. Is there, Cody? Except for the there's you can go back to AMC and uh, get 15 cent tickets for their reopening. Yeah, and they had people who were uh, spending a dollar fifty and and doing social distancing rules and uh, renting out the entire theater as an act of defiance. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's I like that. That's smart. It's kind of a dick move, a little bit, but <laughs> gives a shit for a screening of you know some random. Uh, it was like Back to the Future. Like yeah, was, you're going to go see Back to the Future. Yeah, I think you sent me the Twitter photos, Cody. It was like somebody had like like little dots throughout the 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 yeah. auditorium and that was enough to like put the theater capacity for their new rules. Yeah. But I also saw the flip side of things, which was that, uh, people were just like the capacity was reduced to 30% for sales, but you could like sit next to a random person and it wasn't like blocking off seats, which is not good. That's, uh, that's the thing about, uh, football here. And I don't know if we talked about it last week, but they're planning on having UT play football at the stadium, which is, essentially just bleachers right like for the vast majority of that seating i haven't been to memorial stadium in a long time so memorial dkr it's dkr memorial whatever i got my texas shirt on by the way oh look at you in honor of boys state so it's appropriate Ah, that we're talking about the longhorns Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, but i mean it's It's mostly bleachers yeah and uh they're supposed to do uh 25 capacity which is still twenty five thousand people and I don't That's know how that's a whole hell of a lot of people. How do you possibly make people sit in the shitty bleachers, you know, that are pitched at like 50 degrees when you can just sit down below? I, I just think it's still so crazy that it's that not going to happen. It, it can't happen. There's no way it's, it it, they are moving forward as if it's happening very much. So, um, you know, an email just went out to season ticket holders today on Sunday saying they're planning on having 25% capacity. So, but only some conferences are playing. That's yeah. what I don't get. How yeah, I don't. Like it's either some, all some conferences nothing. are going to play in the spring, um, uh, or going to try to play in the spring, and then some are not. So makes no sense. Yeah, I don't care enough about college football. So is is the conference <laughs> UTSA is in? Cody, are they playing? As of right now, yeah. So w- will you be going? I know you're a huge UTSA football fan. Will you be going yeah. to a UTSA football game? No, I will not. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing about college football, which I don't think anyone's talking about, which is the fact that this essentially kills tailgating culture, which is such a huge part of the college football experience because they cannot enforce social distancing at tailgating, certainly. And I don't even, are they are they restricted as an outdoor event? Is that still going on where you can't have a certain amount of people gather outdoors. It's still uh, ten people unless it's specified by the governor's orders. Yeah, and I think that football is immune from that. Tailgating makes a little more sense to me because it's you know by definition you're going to these little private parties. But they're not there. But that's if you go to a little private party. I mean, I've been to tailgates where there's. 100 200 people or like the hop around the utsa alumni throw a sausage across the parking lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean the utsa alumni tailgate by itself is a couple hundred people in there like it's it's not it's not like people just with a like two people with a grill out there like yes that but even then you would have to like 
like block off certain amount of parking spaces to ensure social social distancing and well yeah UT, I, just, I mean it's like all downtown so it's yeah pretty widespread like i think you could definitely do that whether you would want to or not i don't know but i, I just i i don't i don't understand how any of the cultural stuff that goes along with it is going to be doable and be safe but yeah you know i don't I don't have a, a dog in the race. Well, so. and then what are they going to do with the players? I mean, wasn't there that player that just got um, in trouble for sneaking a girl into his uh, area, like a football player? Did y'all hear I about that? I didn't hear about that, but I know <sighs> that uh, several NBA player was it the NBA player you sent me, Cody, that like went bubble. to a strip club? Oh, right. Well, well, Jared, let's let's be fair. He picked up food at a strip club. Oh yeah, that's right. He picked up food. He did. He was not a participant. He's not one of those guys. They had great steak and fries. Yeah, I mean, you can't pass <laughs> up a good deal at three ninety nine. You know? Well, so if they can't get like professional players to follow the rules, how are they going to make sure these like young college, you know, players are going to be right taking it seriously? The guys that aren't getting paid anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, that's a, a great question, and the answer is they're they're not. So. So, no. I mean, I guess, uh, uh, you know, it, if they're not going to class, I mean, cause that's the whole thing is like, they're supposed to be doing remote learning at UT and other colleges. And if they're doing that, then maybe they're not going to class as much. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it really matters. I, I mean, you're still in a giant group of people all the time. So, well, I think with sports, the thing that's proving to be the case is that the only way this can work is in a bubble scenario because both the NBA and NHL have not had any positive tests in weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just baseball, just yesterday, a player for, oh God, I think like the Cincinnati Reds or something tested positive for COVID and they canceled the games. And then you got the guys from Cleveland. There were two Cleveland Indians pitchers who got caught going out um, when they were uh, in a city playing so you just can't you just can't manage it unless it's in a bubble. I don't think in the, football it, it was, was a uh, sorry Seahawks player. Oh, hmm. so and they they're released all... him from his contract after it. Ooh. Damn, I so know. he must have been a really shitty player because <laughs> if he was any good, they would have been like, mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The 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 travel on that stuff on baseball and and everything else has got and fo- baseball and football has got to be the thing that's killing him. Because the the you you and I talked, Cody. I had no idea about the NHL bubble. Where are they? Where are they bubbling people? Uh, the Western Conference is in Edmonton, and then the um. Eastern I mean, Conference what the fuck is, is in Edmonton? Toronto. So, yeah, so you just stick them all up there in in Canada. Both places, yeah. I guess, in Canada, that's it's better than being in the United States right, right now. Frankly, that's true. Um, yeah. Anyway, but, but they've had. I don't think the NHL has had any positive tests period so everything's so cold <laughs> well, well actually the virus kill is killed in heat jared i didn't know oh, you knew that. i forgot um, when this i forgot because it's dying outside right now because right. it's 107 yeah, yeah so actually it should be thriving in canada yeah yeah oh. you know anyway it's going great here in texas it's science uh so on another note um if you're watching on twitch right now um we're trying to get a clean recording but uh say hi to everyone we're we're live on Twitch right now, so um, Cody's going to be interacting with you in the chat. So if you want to yeah. uh, ask Cody about his hat this week, which we haven't <laughs> done yet, uh, you're off your you're off your uh, movie promo hat, and you're on to your 
shut up, mom, get out of my room music hat. <laughs> yes, yes, that's correct. Uh, I am on my uh, favorite band, Ghost Hat Kick. Uh, I actually have some hats coming. Uh, oh, you're stocking you pro- back up. Uh, what? You're stocking back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you provided a great assist on one of them, which will be here tomorrow. Oh, um, I can't remember which one it was. Oh, but... you don't. It was from Mercari. Oh, I, I, is it a light blue one? It is. Okay, I remember which one now. Yeah. We're, uh, we'll let Jocelyn be surprised by it next I week. I know. So. I'm, like, I'll, I'm debuting that one next week. Know. It might be the Holy Grail, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, is it the 1980 movie Nick Cage uh, Valley Girl? Ooh. No, good guess, that. but no. That would be a good Great. one. Um, it's uh, it's something that, um, shit, I don't even remember what it was, honestly. I remember it's being blue. No, no, no. I, the hat. I don't. I remember oh. it being blue, but I don't remember what the hat was. Really? Can you drop us a hint? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go back and look. I, I can't it? remember. I'm going to have to go back and look through my. Uh, it's it's it. a movie about an unexpected pairing. Oh, Okay. A Harold and Maud hat. <laughs> Jesus, no. <laughs> that would be a weird I would love one. That I want a Harold and Maud hat. That'd be weird. That's be a mine. weird movie. That would be a weird movie that has that to have merch. It has for. merchandise, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Cody, uh, I'm I'm glad I helped you with that hat. I God, I can't remember what it is, and I really want to look it up. And it's taking too far to go back through my through my messages to see uh-huh. what it is. Son of a bitch. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anything else before we move on? We got a lot of movies to cover this week. Yeah. Oh, I have a little personal thing. Um, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Which uh, I would like to thank the folks at the uh, Latino Entertainment Journalists Association, yes. of which this week I was named a member of. Congratulations, so. Congratulations. Cody. Thanks. What does? Uh, um, how did you uh, become part of that? Is it something they selected you for? Well, so uh, Kiko... Um, former guest on this podcast and host. Um, <laughs> former guest. <laughs> former host, I guess. Um, he is a founding board member of oh, yes. uh, Leha. And so um, he was part of the first group that put it together. Uh, this is class number three. And so uh, it was an application process just like any other critics group or entertainment group. So, uh, yeah. It was pretty so, cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, how often do they select people? Is it is it just once a year? Once a year, they take 10 people. Yeah. Very cool. Um, oh, yes. I, I figured out the hat now. Sorry. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's a good one, right? Yeah, it is a good one. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Project Power. Making a big mistake. Uh-huh. I guess you're one of the good drug dealers, right? Trying to save the world. They have my daughter. That is my world. Listen, it ain't too late for you to walk away. I don't know, man. You're the one in handcuffs, and I'm literally in the driver's seat, so what am I missing? What you're missing is, in the next 30 seconds, the captain is going to call you and tell you to take me to a different place, not the precinct. But when are we going to make it to that place? Oh, yeah, why is that? Think about what you're saying. Testing in New Orleans. Why? Local authorities on payroll. Why? And then your captain sends out a single cop to apprehend the most dangerous man in the city. Why? 
All right, this is a Netflix film uh, starring Jamie Foxx, as you saw, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, this is uh, directed by uh, the guys that were responsible for uh, the Catfish film. Uh, is it Henry Joost and uh, Nev Shul- No, Nev is the the host of Catfish. Who's yeah, the other it's brother? It's brother. Um, Ariel? Ever- Ariel Shulman, yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, this is a uh, sort of a superhero film. Cody, you s- expressed a, uh, a bit of trepidation about it last week. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? Tell us about uh, Project Power and what you thought of it. Yeah, so um, essentially Project Power is about um, there is a drug that is has hit the streets uh, where you essentially take the pill and um, you have superpowers for five minutes. Uh, and uh, essentially uh, Jamie Foxx in, uh, plays, I guess he's like a, is he like a like a former army, guy? Former uh, uh, like army ranger or something, I think. Yeah, what's his name? They call him... Uh, uh, they call they call him the major major that's right yeah. major so uh, essentially he uh during the process of of the movie he has his daughter taken um um because it has been expressed that she may have something to do with um the drug and, and where and you know where it gets the power from and uh and then you have this uh, other storyline of a girl who plays like a dealer of the drug um who um is uh friends or colleagues or associates with joseph gordon levitt who plays a cop who is basically taking the drug to stay um you know one step ahead of the criminals right right um and then it's just kind of this movie that plays out from there with those basic pieces attached to it um and it falls under this weird category of films that are premises more than they are movies um because i don't think that project power ever moves past its premise and i don't think it ever uh delivers on the premise either um you know and there's weird scenes of people taking like the pill and then like nothing happened like you would expect like some power to come out but then they just like for example joseph gordon levitt's power is that he's bulletproof basically so basically he takes the pill and just waits to get shot (laughs) like he doesn't do anything with his power Right, it, it's it's some, it manifests in everyone differently. Like it activates some sort of latent power, and there's something about it being based on animals. Yeah, which yeah. I didn't quite understand. Well, because it's it's they don't commit to it. I mean, it's not it, th- there is some sort of animal relation to it, but not in any way that kind of like is consistent or tracks or anything like that. So, uh, along with being just a premise, the movie is. Um, has you know some weird characterizations. I think Jamie Foxx is fine in it, although he's playing a character that he's played many times. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's nice to see him again in a movie. He's been gone for a couple of years, and then he was in Seventy Five Hundred um, mm-hmm. earlier this year, uh, playing a, apparently like Mayor of New Orleans. Like this guy is obsessed <laughs> with. What do you mean, Mayor of New Orleans? Well, he's like he's just uh, like he's talking about nobody's going to do this in my city and like that kind of. He's like the well, he's the, the like the one good cop or whatever you want to call. Right, it. but I, I put in my notes, Mister New Orleans civic duty uh, is what I refer to his character. <laughs> he's as. a cop. It's not well, civic duty. And he's we know cop. he's in New Orleans because he's wearing a Saints jersey constantly, which yeah, I love a too. Steve Gleason. Uh, Saints yeah. Jersey. Uh, all you know what? All I see when I when I see a movie set in New Orleans like this one, and we had um, Lovebirds, is like yeah. uh, we're here for the tax breaks that they gave mm, everyone after yeah. Hurricane Katrina. That's exactly. It's a good reason. setting for this, I think. Though no, I think because it's fine. It is I about, think they, you know, like corruption and about them taking advantage of a city that's already been through so much. So that was yeah. like a kind of interesting element. 
Yeah. If I yeah. get a compliment, which I'm not, but, I don't want to, but there's never any question what city this movie is filmed in. I sent, I said, I sent a message to you, Jared, that was something along the lines of, Hey, did you catch what city <laughs> project power was shot? in? I couldn't tell. Um, cause you are hit over the head with it. Uh, it's a movie that's oddly super gruesome at times. It's one of those weird, like, like you wouldn't notice that it's rated R until some like nasty dismemberment or something happens where, uh, it's, it's like kind of like a, like there's one scene where that takes place like in this, in this seemingly underground bunker, though I don't think it is underground, uh, where a girl is in like a, like a confined, uh, uh, what would you like a tank thing? It's like a it's chamber. Like that, it's like that thing that uh, that they locked Loki in in Avengers. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And like, while the camera work is interesting, taking place in there, like it's just this woman like like gruesomely dying with violence happening around her. Like it's 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 very weirdly gruesome. And, and also, I liked uh, that sequence. By the way, I thought that was cool. That look, shot. Yeah, I, 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 I think I it think was. They were trying really hard to make it cool, but. I am with Jocelyn on this one, and I think that I think that it, it. So it's it's a slick looking movie, but I think it is like aggressively directed uh, in a way that I think is is a little bit uh, too much. Just in terms of like, you can tell that they're just throwing a ton of techniques um, right. around, and it just feels like a you know like a you know you know those types of movies where it's just like okay like this is like a sizzle reel more than it is. Uh, yeah, know, yeah, like, that's. Um, uh, there was some uh, uh, special effects movie recently we saw like that, like Bloodshot. Bloodshot was Bloodshot was very stylish. It, it was a dumb as hell story. Yeah, that that may have been the one I'm thinking of. But yeah, it, so I'll I'll kind of go look. I mean, this movie sucks. <laughs> it's not very good. Uh, I I didn't you know the, the storyline of it doesn't really ever track. It doesn't ever coalesce and come together. Uh, it's it's it doesn't make much sense. Um, and, and it really feels like a movie that is destined to live on TNT for, for years to come. Well, it's going to uh, live on Netflix for years to come. So Yeah. Well, I, that's, yeah. And, and so I'm sure it'll do, you know, fine on Netflix, but for me, like, and there's just like little, wow. there's little, uh, like story beats that just don't like, it's just a bad script to be totally honest with you. And like, there's this weird subplot about this girl being like an aspiring rapper that also never connects. Um, also, she's like 30, by the way, Dominic Fishback, <laughs> and she's playing a, a high school student. I mean, she looks the part, but yeah, I looked her up cause I, I hadn't really seen much with her before. And I think she's, she's fine in the movie. Uh, but yeah, she's like 29 years old. Yeah. Which is a weird, I, yeah. So, yeah, I, it just to, and, and I don't think any of the action for me ever comes together. And like I said, it's just a blown premise, you know, like this five minute superpower thing sounds cool, but it's 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 not. <laughs> Jocelyn, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, the premise is interesting. I was I was, you know, kind of interested to see what they were going to do with that as far as like, OK, you take this drug and then you get a superpower for five minutes or whatever. But then you slowly realize these are not superpowers at all. Like there's no flying. There's no, I mean, there's a little <laughs> invisibility. And then like you mentioned, it's also somehow tied into animals. So, I mean, which animal is bulletproof? I'm not sure, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, and then I we feel have, like that was what the armadillo was hinting at. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I, I if there's an animal that I want a superpower, it's definitely an armadillo and a pistol. <laughs> you can shrimp. give people leprosy. Yes. Yeah. 
My the spirit pist- animal is a pistol shrimp. So the pistol shrimp, shrimp is an I, actual plot of the movie. So <laughs> I've I'm seen, not. I've seen that in that action up. on a, a date nature show before. Oh, yes. have you? Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds actually more interesting than this movie. I would want to see what this pistol shrimp does. So, um, yes, then we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's doing this strange New Orleans accent. Um, <laughs> and I love him, but it's just... it's What little... is his real voice, by the way? I know! That's what I'm wondering, because he's always kind of having this, like, put on you know, sort of um, affectation, I guess. I use 50-50 as my reference point. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Because I remember in The the Dark Knight Rises, he had some sort of like pseudo-New York accent. Well, where's he from? That that would solve this. I mean, is he like, I don't know Probably like Encino, California. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like this aura around him, and um, and he. Don't get me wrong; I really like Joseph Gordon. Yeah, me too. But <laughs> it's just... he was born in L.A. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. That there makes you go. a lot yeah. of sense. Um, so then, also, uh, I, I don't even know where I want to go next. I guess maybe the echo chamber that y'all were mentioning. That scene, it it has potential. Like they're trying to do this one take like old boy action sequence kind of thing where you're, where it's like following this events as they happen around this, you know, circular chamber that this woman is in. And it's just not done well. I mean, there's a lot of issues for me with the sound during that scene because sometimes it sounds like you're outside of the chamber, even though we're still clearly inside of the chamber. Did y'all notice that? That really bothered me. Like we're seeing it from her perspective, but it's like you can hear the things that are happening outside. And then sometimes you're inside the chamber chamber and they're muffled. And I'm like, come on, like at least get that consistent. I I, I think y'all had a way bigger problem with that scene muddy. than I did. It was I mean, just either- a muddy scene for me. And it I mean, it's been cool. it is it is stylish. It's meant to be stylish as hell. And right. I think that it's you know it got I, close. I, anyway, anyway, was that it? so then uh, last thing. Oh. Then the subplot about the rapping, but then there was also this like strange subplot of her having these daddy issues that they start like almost using against her, which was really bothersome (laughs) for me because like there, I mean, she definitely is, it's clear that she's from a single parent household, but then um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt just starts like bringing up the fact that like Jamie Foxx is is not her dad and and she shouldn't have, you know, like have this endearment towards him and then... And then they start using it both against her. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, this is bullshit. I hated that part. But yeah, all all that to say, uh, it it was, it's, yeah, it's going to be on Netflix for forever. And I'm sure that <laughs> it's fun to watch for some people, but there's a lot of problems with it. Okay. So I apparently didn't have as big a problems with the movie as the two of you did. I'm not going to say it's a good movie. Um, I will say, though, that I enjoyed the first half of it a lot more than the second half. And and I don't know if, if either of you kind of caught the the idea that it was a, going to end up being a, sort of a darker movie with if you know, I, I didn't know much about this movie going in and I didn't I don't know what role Jamie Foxx was playing. But when it seemed like he was going to be sort of a villainous character um throughout the first half of the movie i i was way more interested uh, and then there's a scene where they get to the uh like a hong kong grocer which i thought was 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 an effective scene and then that scene ends with me like him looking at a screen and i'm just like ah fuck this thing <laughs> like this is not like this is not the movie i was thinking it was going to be yeah 
and it it became way less interesting to me because there's a scene between him and uh, our our old friend Machine Gun Kelly, uh, king Mute. of the Netflix movies. Um, <laughs> where uh, was his character's Newt, name? <laughs> where they're fighting uh, in an apartment, like a like a, a rundown apartment cl- complex, and it was really cool looking. Like it was it was a lot of fire and action and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, the, the apartment complex was an interesting looking place. It kind of reminded me of, uh, a little bit of the Florida project a little bit, even though I know it's new Orleans. Uh, there were also, they were at, uh, like the abandoned six flags. If you recognize that with the Ferris wheel. Um, so there's some effective use of the scenery. I just think that by the time this movie kicks into what it's actually going to be, it's way less interesting than what it started out to be. A hundred percent. I totally and, agree with that. And then, uh, you know, the whole idea of the, the pills giving you superpowers is very sort of um, undercooked. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, that there's like this, uh, it's like a secret government testing program. And that's so boring. When yeah. it started getting all military and like, oh, the government is, t- I was like, oh, man, this is and so then, boring. Like, like the Brazilian lady wants to come yeah. buy the pills. And <laughs> I, I have no idea what was even happening there. Uh, it just, it, it started out, you know, I don't think it, it abandoned its uh, all hope right away. I think it took about 45 minutes for it to do that. Um, but after that, up until then, I was enjoying it. After that, I was just sort of, go- it was going through the motions for me. All right, grades, Cody. Yeah, I think it's just a super generic uh, action movie um, that I I don't think is elevated enough by its, you know, the star power uh, in it because it has, you know, two pretty popular actors in it, but um, it can't get past what I feel is a bad script. And like I told you uh, in a message, the guy who wrote this script co-wrote The Batman with with Matt Reeves, uh, which will be interesting to see... um, if that has any kind of lingering effects, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty bad movie. I give it a C minus. Jocelyn. Yeah, I did the same. I, I gave it a C minus. Uh, there's some stylistic elements that are kind of cool. And like I said, the premise was, uh, it had potential, but it just didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be a little bit nicer and I'm going to give it a C plus because I didn't, you know, I, I, I did legitimately enjoy it for the first 40, 45 minutes or so. And then it, it lost my interest. All right, let's move on to our next movie, Boys State. I will skip the part where I brag for three minutes about how great and cool I am, seeing as we are all qualified young men of skill and character. People like that stuff. People like that stuff a lot. Some people say they're a sports junkie. I say I'm a politics junkie. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. I'm playing this like a game. I would like very much to win. I love it, boys. I love it. Where are you from? I come from a very modest family. Uh, I'm on the course to be the first one to graduate from high school. I'm a progressive person, and I'm in a room full of mostly conservative people. Our masculinity shall not be infringed. I've never seen so many white people ever. I feel like everybody has a secret underlying need for bipartisanship. This is a uh, film that is uh, an Apple TV Plus original. Uh, and I believe it premiered at Sundance. Am I mistaken? I believe that's right. And I also believe that it's an A24. Oh, yeah, it's an A20, it is A24. Yes. Um, this is an Apple TV on Apple TV Plus. Jocelyn. As an alumni of the University of Texas, <laughs> where this entire film takes place, 
tell us what you tell us about Boys State and what you thought of it. Sure. So uh, Boys State is not just a Texas thing. It's apparently a thing that happens in most states um, where, uh, you know, the best and brightest young men um, go to the state capitol. <laughs> well, okay, fine. Look, look. <laughs> I made it that far. Hold on. I mean, these are... Well, are, I mean, but these, these are, are like these are supposed the weird to be d- potential politicians, people who are interested in politics. So the beginning of the movie, of course, the sequence, uh, the title cards are showing all of the famous politicians who have done this kind of rite of passage. It's like Bill Clinton, Samuel Alito. It's like Supreme Court justices. Uh, Dick Rush Cheney, Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> so it shows like there's it's not it's largely conservative, but there are a lot of, you know, Democrats such as Bill Clinton. And I, I think there was a few Cory more. Booker. Yeah. Cory Booker. I saw had also attended. So it's, again, this rite of passage for uh, young men who are interested in politics. There's also a girl's state, apparently, but that's not a part of this movie. So <laughs> they want nothing to do with boys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part where he's like, let's call it people state. It's so funny. Anyway. So, uh, they they go to the state capitol. They make a representative government. They split off into two uh, different nationalists and federalists. They're supposed to be uh, like opposing sides, basically. And then these two uh, political parties then have to choose their representation. And these young men run for political office. And it's amazing how you know similar to a real. Um, you know, uh, not election, but a, a real campaign. Uh, campaign. Thank you that they that that they're running. I mean, they they create social media accounts for it. They are interviewed by <laughs> Boys State journalists and um, reporters. <laughs> There's like podcasts going on. It's it's really incredible to watch. And um and and so this particular year that they followed these young men. I don't know if they knew that it was going to be these dynamic characters or if they uh, just got lucky or if every year there just happens to be this incredible kind of storyline. But the characters that they this year that they followed, I call them characters. They're real. They're real young men, but they fall into such like clear characters like there is a good a good side there is a bad side there is like (laughs) you know the 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 young men who are like plotting and scheming and being ruthless and there's the ones that are running like clean campaigns and they're like you know thinking about what this means morally and 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 it was just incredible to watch um so then we we were following specifically this young uh uh, Hispanic um, uh, teenager. He's a teenager named Stephen, who's just extremely. Um, you don't think that he's very charismatic, but through the course of the movie, I mean, he is just like you are rooting for him, um, and he's running for governor of Boy State, basically. So then, of course, it goes into uh, whether he wins or not. So that's kind of the premise. Um, I haven't seen a, a documentary that was done this well or that I enjoyed this much since I don't know if either of y'all saw King of Kong. But but that reminded me of this so much because it was like, how is this real life that there is such a clear villain and such a clear hero that you're rooting for? And it just like really brought me back to watching King of Kong for the first time. Yeah. um, I have some thoughts on that, but I'll let Cody (laughs) go. Cody, what about you? Yeah. Well, um, 
I, well, I want to start by saying that I, I do agree that um, we get a lot of really interesting characters uh, and subjects, you know, uh, throughout the course of the movie. And um, I think that w- the footage is really great. I think that the, the footage that they get, I think that the character, I don't want to say character, but the, the development that these kids have over this span of time um, is, is really interesting to watch. Like, you know, Steven is the one to root for, for sure, but you also have... Um, you know, the, the kid that they show in the, in the, um, in that trailer or that clip, um, who's kind of like the popular guy trying to get everyone the, on uh, his side. Chris Klein from Election. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Chris is Klein, so true. Chris <laughs> Klein from Election. That. That's exactly who he is. I think his and, name is Rob. Yeah. He's, uh, to, to fuck and have a hot tub? What was it? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, so with, with this kid, I, like, I think his arc is super interesting because, you know, he's, you know, it's, it's revealed that there's more underneath the surface than he's leading to believe because he's, you know, projecting himself to be one way to try to win, you know, the votes. Um, and I think it's interesting to watch um, politics form in, in, in that it becomes like a, the politics game, right? So, you know, I just like writing down quotes from the movie. One, The kid who's ultimately the villain, who is from San Antonio, um, by the way. Um, oh, uh, the, that ben, uh, ben? ben Feinstein. Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was from San Antonio. Um, but, you know, he has a quote that that is unity is not how you win an election. Like, you know, you see these things like that pop up where they're insightful into how, you know, politics can be largely a popularity contest, um, which you see a lot of times. You know, there's a lot of mudslinging that goes on here. There's a great uh, kid here, Renee, as well, who's uh, who's kind of like. Uh, like maybe like the the one smart person there. He was like a young black Chuck Schumer with his glasses and oh, his. He, it, it was great. That kid knew um, everything he was doing, literally yeah. everything he was doing. Like he well, had it, the affectations. I mean, he had the little like the uh, little glasses, little like, like literally glasses, like a, yeah. a junior Chuck Schumer. It was and crazy. also like having like the one like when these kids are shouting Republican shit, having like really incisive barbs <laughs> always oh, at the ready. And then like uh, being the one like high profile black um, st- student there gets to be the target of racist instagram yeah. accounts like and i yeah. love that they showed that and and that how they had to deal with it because it's very true to real life like if they get into politics they're gonna have to deal with that you know yeah where i differ a little bit with jocelyn here is that i don't really think that these kids are aspiring politicians aside from a few of them um because what it really comes down like these kids are dumb like I mean, there's, there's there's no way to slice it other than like you know Stephen and Renee and and maybe like a couple others. They're just dumb kids who are have a platform to 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 put together the Young Republicans Club. Like that's what it ultimately ends up being. And I and I think that it becomes a microcosm of politics without actually being about politics, um, because to me it's more about um, you know again uh, playing the game, the popularity side and. It sort of comes into, uh, you know, it, it's a movie that definitely gets better where uh, as it goes along. But it comes to my problem with the movie, which, again, it's a good documentary. It's got great footage. It's got good characters. The problem is I can't quite tell the goal or the perspective from the filmmaker's point of view. It's never quite abundantly clear to me whether they are taking the piss out of the whole thing and kind of letting these people like seeing how ridiculous that these kids are being. Is it an alarmist point of view? Is it, 
you know, I, I, I don't think that that's ever clear for me. I, I do. And here's where I think it is. I, what I think it is. And this is something that, that ended up bothering me more than I thought it would. So as you mentioned, the movie does, I think Jocelyn, you mentioned this, you do have the people you end up rooting for. Like clearly Steven, uh, Steven Garza, who's a, a, a Hispanic, uh, I think it's a first generation uh, Hispanic, uh, Mexican American. His parents, uh, at least his mother, he said, was undocumented at a time. Um, is clearly uh, very progressive, and uh, he talks about you know leading the the March for Our Lives. This is uh, in 2018, so this is like right on the heels of Santa Fe and uh, Parkland uh, school shootings. So um, he has to deal with that politically because uh, as I think the character, or the not character, the, the teenager Renee mentions in the, the trailer we had, there's it's a very conservative group. And, you know, anecdotally, that's probably who goes to these things. It's probably a more conservative mindset um, because you see like the kid, uh, Ben Feinstein, um, who is very conservative, has a Ronald Reagan talking doll for some reason. Um, and then, uh, you have guys like, um, I forget what, uh, Chris Klein's name is, uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob, um, who is kind of a, a tech, like he's like a mix between Chris Klein, uh, from election and, uh, uh, R- Tim Riggins from Friday night Lights. <laughs> just a sort of like hunky dumb guy who <laughs> is like, you know, born and bred Texan. And, you know, like talks about like how he bought some Bitcoin and and forgot about it. Then he was able to buy some boots. So uh, <laughs> he's just kind of a, a lovable dimwit uh, is what it, is how they characterize him. But then you get this sense that he's sort of playing politics. And then I think that's where the movie kind of loses me in that uh, the ultimate result of the, the movie is that you the idea that ideas don't win its personality right and i think that's kind of meant to be sort of a feel-good message for obviously the people that are more people are going to watch this frankly are going to identify with the steven kid and not the you know the conservative kids and i think this is it kind of paints it as a too easy of a of a of a an out for that is that you know it's not that he had bad ideas it's it's not that he his ideas were unworkable it's not that he was a bad candidate it's just this other person was more interesting and i think that's a little too easy of a message to to convey to people um you know i think it makes people feel good about the current political situation that we're in you know like oh we didn't have a shitty candidate you know, we lost because this other guy just said whatever he wanted to. And I don't think that that's necessarily the best takeaway to, to have from, from something like the 2016 election and anything going forward. And I think that um, these kids are, and they're kids, these aren't their real opinions. They're playing the game. Because they're, they're, it's mentioned in this in this documentary that the year before, the the boys state made headlines for voting to secede mm-hmm. from the United States or whatever it's fake country is. 
And I think that that's really all it is. It ends up being this kind of game to these people. And I think that the film tries to frame it as more of a cautionary tale. And I don't really buy into that. Well, I mean, the, the interesting part about that is that they, they also, when they form into parties, they they form their platform, right? So you can have people running like Stephen Stephen Garza is doing. He's ultimately having to basically hide his progressive views because he doesn't like like the big thing in there was that he was at a gun rally uh, or an anti-gun rally. Right. Um, March for our lives. March for our lives. And and they found out about that. And then, you know, he's out there touting the fact that he's a supporter of the Second Amendment. And then right. he's met with that. So so it's like, you know, like every every scene that where you see policy and platform come out, it's just uh, these kids coming out with like these uber conservative views. Well, yeah, I mean, and I don't know if that's his name, Rob. I, <laughs> I was trying to look it up. And I don't know. This is the second. By is. the way, this is the second time that Jocelyn <laughs> has confidently <laughs> confidently made up a name. That Wait, it was Rob twice in a row. <laughs> I know. No, I think last time it was like uh, Mona and Mona. Mina. Yeah, that girl. No, no, no. But, but I thought I thought you called um, the the guy in uh, Project Power, Rob. Oh, probably. But listen, Rob, I <laughs> have something else I'd like to say <laughs> to Rob number one and Rob number two here is that, um, you know, and it, 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 I I think it's more of like, um, it reminded me a lot of like, Lord, uh, not Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Flies, where it's like, let's get all these young men together and kind of like watch what happens. And, and I think y'all are hitting on something that's interesting as far as like, yes, they are talking about these conservative issues, but it is in Texas. It is run by the American Legion. You know, it's, it's, I think set up that way. And that's why they have these young men like Stephen and Renee who are wanting to be a part of it and show like it's, it's, it doesn't have to be all conservative ideas. Um, but just on that note, I thought it was also kind of hilarious how every speech was mentioning abortion. And it's like these 16 year old right. kids who, yeah. who well, that's know what I that mean. they it's, have to talk about that. You know, I mean, they're playing they're playing a game. Exactly. And well, I, I go, well, ahead. go ahead. I'll go after. You. I just think that that's that undercuts the message of the movie is that I think that these I think the here and this is what I think. I think the movie wants you to believe it's a it's like a cautionary tale that these attitudes start in teenagers or or even earlier and that the people that shape policy are this way from the time that they're 16 years old or whatever and then they move forward from there i don't think that that's true or i think that at least in this example i think these kids are playing to what they believe they should be doing I don't well, think these any of these are real points. Any of these are their real points of view, except for like you know the and you know like the stuff that they did outside of it, like marching, you know, being at the march for our lives or whatever. So I I don't necessarily agree with that point, um, but the thing that the thing that is interesting, and I also don't agree with 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 what Jocelyn said in in that I don't think this is like a put these people in a room together and see what happens type of scenario. The people that run this have to have some sort of, like, I don't think that they would do that and then expose themselves to cameras and then have people make asses out of themselves. Um, which ultimately, I mean, the, the footage is edited and constructed in a way where it's very clear that these kids are like, you know, there's, there's the scene of the kids saying, you know, uh, what was it? Our masculinity cannot be, infringe or oh, whatever right. the that was but i think y'all are taking it too seriously it's a camp i mean you I know don't, these kids I, who I, go to like band camp 
aren't pretending that they're going to be, you know, the next Tchaikovsky or something. Like, they go there to learn and to socialize and to to learn a little bit more about the things they're interested in, and this just happens to be politics. Yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I, I don't believe the movie has that message. I don't I either. believe that, that, that the movie has the message that this is something that, you know... That it's 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 playing as though it's something eye opening to people that don't know anything about. But they them. also but, banned cargo shorts and pineapple pizza. So, but I, I think I, that's guy, a I no. think that's a political point of view though. <laughs> but pineapple I think, pizza is like a like a California. I'm I'm I'm, I'm Jared, joking like a little bit. I'd like you to keep this screen up right now because I believe this is how we feel about the movie and where uh, I believe on one hand I I don't I don't think what? that it quite <laughs> just will you hear me out? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. So on one hand, you have the floor, uh, Boy State. <laughs> Thank Senator. you, Governor. I, I, I don't Cody's think that I don't think that it 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 firmly gets a, like, across its alarmist point of view, and I also don't think that it gets across its taking the piss out of it point of view as well. Which is, I feel like some I'm it's somewhere in between what the two of you might think about it. Which is that uh, I, I I just don't I don't understand what we're supposed to come out of this feeling. Cause I don't think it's as clear as you believe it to be Jared, but I also don't do not think that this is something that's meant to be like a fun and entertaining type of thing, because I do think that there's an alarmist streak to it. I just don't know if, um, if it, it like, it tries to have its cake and eat its too. I have its cake and eat it too. I think where it tries to pre- present these like kind of funny moments of, you know, Oh, look at these kids being, you know, ignorant, but also trying to say, well, but look at what happens in politics. And I just don't I don't think that it successfully does that, even though I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah. And I, I think one of the big tells for that is um, early in the movie where they I think it's is it Stephen who asks like what they'll learn? I can't remember who asks. And they're like, well, this like how they'll, they'll learn like government afterwards. Like, no, it's just the election. Yeah. Like that's all this is, is like a campaign and election. Like there's no real governance to it. Um, they even have them sitting in like the Texas House of Representative, which is like crazy town central, <laughs> and they don't really do anything. So anyway, uh, grades, Jocelyn, what did you think? Um, you know, I think it's also what we didn't mention is it's a tradition. It's something that's been happening for many, 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 many years. So it's sort of just these, you know, kid, kids going through something that has long been a part of um, not politics, but just general history. And, and it's kind of, like I said, like a rite of passage. So um, I'm going back to I really think it was interesting to see how, you know, uh, how good and evil and, and how clearly that was defined in such a realistic way. Um, in this setting that they just happened to land in, which is Boy State, Texas. So uh, I really liked it, and I'm going to give it an A, a solid wow. A. Wow. Wow, Cody. Yeah, like I said before, I think that it is, it contains a lot of really great footage in it, and I think that it contains a lot of great character. And look, I mean, there's a lot of emotion attached to it too. Like there's a there's a scene where, uh, where Steven kind of breaks down at the end of it. That's a really kind of sweet thing that happens. And, 
Um, and I, and I think that it gives a lot of characters to root for. I don't know that I would call anyone in the movie a villain, uh, though I do think that there's, you know, there's, there's some people who maybe are, um, the, the Ben character comes close, our Ben personality. And he, cause he has that line near the end about, um, uh, manipulating people's censorship, uh, ideals. I think the most villainous thing that he does is he does that interview while like sprawled out on a couch. (laughs) Well, yeah. And yeah. I don't know, but I, maybe it had something to do with his legs. Cause he I don't think so because there were other there were other kids in the movie who were in being interviewed and they were laid out like that too. But oh, anyway, it's still good. Uh, I would still recommend it, and I give it a B. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a B minus. I think that it doesn't quite deliver on what it's trying to sell, and I think it's um, it. I just think the messaging is a little off by the end of it. I don't think it, it quite gets the point across that I think it wants to, um, you know, and I could be misinterpreting it. I don't, I don't think that I am, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know when it takes place. I think it's the summertime Poise State takes place. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the, the UT campus is like overrun by these types of things during the summer. You have like all these volleyball camps, you have like all the Boy State guys, you have Man. Texas relays. I know the Texas relays. I I can't imagine like running across the boys state thing and be like, oh, Jesus. I don't remember ever running across it. Maybe it was no, because South by Southwest was during spring break. But and that may have influenced my vote, too, is just seeing UT around because I was like, (laughs) that's all. Yeah, I was my campuses. Oh, look at the cute little Republicans. That's another thing, though. It was shot well. No, it was great. Uh, And some of the stuff is like, I mean, some of the stuff is obviously like inserts later. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of the stuff like, stuff, well, like there's a shot of like uh, them looking over the phone at uh, one of the guys. I think it's the hunky dude, like just looking at <laughs> dumb memes on his phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. I loved when he started like campaigning for Steven after getting defeated by him and how he wanted to resign after it was clear that Steven was, you know, so much brighter than him. I loved it all. It was. Just... But then he didn't because of the whole Second Amendment thing. Oh, that's right. It was dramatic. Oh, I loved it. It was just so good. All right, let's move on to our next movie, Spree. For all of you out there who don't know me, get ready. Because you're about to know me. Hey, I don't see any cops around. Should I blow this next one? (laughs) I'm Kurt. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? We're going to inject this right on the label. Does this water have, like, a taste to it? Airtight. Well, watertight. (laughs) If you're not documenting yourself, you just don't exist. (laughs) The mouthfeel on this? Otherworldly. What we're doing here is important. We're creating a brand. This is a uh, film kind of uh shot interestingly um very uh very similar to another film we're going to talk about later uh but this uh is sort of a what would you call it cody you know what i'm just gonna let you uh tell us about it cody and what you thought of spree sure so spree is a movie that is essentially about a guy who is a um aspiring uh like ultimately like a live streamer celebrity right he wants to be a live streamer celebrity he uh you know tries to gain a following um but ultimately the people just kind of aren't there but he's kind of obsessed with the culture of it all um and so he decides that he finally wants to go viral 
And his plan to go viral is to look, I no spoilers because it's pretty obvious there. He's deciding <laughs> he's going to go kill a bunch of people on live stream. Um, and that's, you know, part of it. Um, I want to start. It's, the, it's like a modern Joker, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, I want to start with the one good thing because I have a lot of thoughts about this. Movie. <laughs> None of this is Joe Keery's fault. Uh, and I think it's he's actually quite admirably good in the in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it's a bad performance from him. I think everything surrounding him is bad. I don't think that he is bad. So I should I should preface by saying I think I think it's a it's a it's a good performance from Joe Keery. Um, you know the movie starts out where I was kind of like, okay, I'm gonna let's see where this is going. Is this gonna be some you know clever commentary on? Because at the at, at the start of it, you don't really get a sense of what's really going on, and you don't get a sense that it's going to be like a killing spree that happens, right? You just you just think that the guy's kind of viral video obsessed, and almost right. at you know at the beginning seems harmless. Part of the problem, um, but <laughs> but um, that's what they want uh, us to think, Cody. Yeah. So so you, <laughs> I started watching it. And I'm like, okay, well, like let's see where this goes. I'm interested to see where this goes, and like, boom. Right off the bat, a white supremacist gets into the car, and we're <laughs> off and running. <laughs> and and like, and so uh, from that moment forward, the movie is problematic as hell, and it's got so many problems that it borders on irresponsible and dangerous in similar ways that the Joker did. Because essentially, what this is is it's like an incel origin story, where <laughs> where you're kind of and and it's. I mean, they even say incel at one point. Yeah, they, the guy, like the white supremacist guy, calls him an incel. Yeah, yeah. insult him by calling him an incel. So yeah, and so it's ins- not an insult, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. They identify <laughs> him as an incel. And and so essentially, it turns into this movie that where this guy goes on a killing spree, killing um, essentially innocent people. Um, in in some cases, people who he he thinks has wronged him in some way, but also it's all by means of, uh, by going viral. And so first and foremost, if this, if this is to work, it needs to be set up properly and it's not. So it's, it's not a case of a guy like snapping. Like you can see the guy slowly snap or anything. He just, it's like a switch that flips off where he's suddenly, I'm just going to go kill everyone. Um, so I wish that there was some progression of, of character development where you could see how this could happen. But instead you just see a guy who is clearly like mentally deranged. Uh, and it doesn't, and like the fact that he's mentally deranged does not come out until, you know, 30 minutes into the movie or whatever. Um, I think that the movie, uh, takes a few weird dips where it just gets tedious. There's a character, the David Arquette stuff is really tedious. Um, And I and I don't think adds anything anything to the mix. And then the third act with uh, Sashir Zamedes is also really tedious, where she plays a stand-up comedian. Where and, and this is a running theme of the movie. <laughs> it has nothing to say. Like it 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 wants to present this crazy like uh, like pulpy um, skewering of uh, of you know 
like viral, viral culture. fame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, vi- viral fame or live streamer culture, but it's not incisive at all. And I don't I don't it doesn't have it doesn't have anything sharp or smart to say about it. So what you get is a guy just going around going on like a really nasty killing spree that somehow ends with him like plowing over homeless people in tents. Like this thing is fucking crazy <laughs> and not in a good way. Um and 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 I think you know it 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 plays with this idea of like Sashir Zameda being like the voice of reason about like she she it, it somehow gets stand up wrong where somehow she's like a really famous comedian uh, who just like speaks in catchphrases and like they treat her as <laughs> she's like super famous but like her you know her live streams have like maybe like a couple like one or two thousand people. Um, it does have a funny Kyle Mooney part, which I always appreciate uh, Kyle Mooney popping up <laughs> in things and being and being just generally weird, <laughs> which is uh, kind of his MO. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that it 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 it's a borderline dangerous movie where I think that it is in many ways glorifying um, again, the same problem that the joke uh, that Joker has is 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 that somehow this person's actions are being justified by not getting enough either respect or attention or um, or that people are making fun of him. Like it it it, it has that same storyline throughout that um, that I just feel is is like really dangerous. And then they have the fucking audacity to end the movie with like uh, references to him becoming like a four chan hero. <laughs> which is again just like the most like i cannot believe how irresponsible this shit is like it's it's crazy and so yeah i i think i'm surprised that this movie is not a super controversial thing um and like every character that gets into his uh spree which is the name of the rideshare company uh is a caricature you know you have your white supremacist and then you have like this super macho alpha guy <laughs> yeah, yeah who uh who like there's there's blatant uh gay slurs throughout like the entire movie uh you know and 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 like he becomes like this alpha dude in front of sashir's character who's you know the comedian um and i was just waiting for some kind of like smart commentary about this and what you get is just like again a pulpy uh if i can uh, uh invent a phrase here an edgelordian kind of uh <laughs> you know approach to this subject matter which by the way Jared, you and I love this term. It is the ed- edge lordiest movie I've seen in a long time. <laughs> where this the the director, the filmmaker, the, everyone involved really wanted to do something like, hey, let's really push the envelope, right? It, and I mean, it just reeks of that. It's definitely the 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 most edge lordian since Joker. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. Joker was look, Joker had this weird this weird polarizing reaction where people thought it was some sort of masterpiece. And then people thought it was this like dangerous piece of shit, and you and I, Cody, fell into that latter camp. Jocelyn, did you ever see it? Yeah, I did, and I'm a big fan of anti-hero movies, like to the point where I didn't hate Joker. I think I think Joaquin Phoenix made it for me, and this guy Joe, what's his name? Joe, Joe Curie. Curie from Stranger Things, who's very likable in Stranger Things. Um, he just he wasn't uh enough he didn't sell it enough like so 
you know, in line with the Joker or, or with Joker, you know, American Psycho, like Taxi Driver is one of my favorite movies. And he's not a good person. Like Robert De Niro is not, or uh, Travis Binkle, I think is his name in the, in the Taxi Driver. Yeah, he. they're not likable people. They're violent and they're scary. But by um, the way, but there's something just, more just to, to def- them. Sorry, just to defend American Psycho. Sure. None of that's really happening. Exactly. That too. Okay. That's too. Yeah. That that's an other interesting element, of course, that you have to take into consideration. That it's all which I mean, that is not happening here. You're absolutely right. So, um, with all that said, I love this movie. No, I'm kidding. I'm definitely <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I was going to start my review and just say how much I loved it. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm a big fan of antiheroes. You know, I definitely don't think that it it. It has to be thrown away when someone isn't, you know, the hero of the movie. Um, but this particular character just isn't, isn't likable, isn't, there's nothing redeemable about him. Um, so as Cody was saying, you know, then we start getting this steady stream of, uh, of, um, spree, you know, uh, riders basically, cause he's a driver. Um, and they are just, equally horrible people and that somehow justifies him killing them and it's just so coincidental that every single you know person that he's picking up happens to be a horrible person you know whether it's like uh like cody was saying you know the white supremacist or whether it's uh the i think uh she called him a uh, date rape drug drug as a person guy who is just like uber masculine and misogynistic and then even the female she was you know this Business driven, you know, yelling on the phone kind of a person. So it's just like a realtor. Yeah. And then like Misha Barton and the other two. And Lala Kent from Bravo. Is that who that is? Bravo Celebrity. Yeah. And then uh, just like vapid people. Uh, Look, I get it. I get what it was trying to do. So I think Cody's absolutely right. I think this has a lot of uh, tinges of being very dangerous. I mean, we've seen real crimes happen from people who are live streaming and wanting to get, you know, or I, I don't, I, I'm not even going to go into motives, but we've seen this actually happen. And yeah. then to see a movie where it's happening and then like the audience is like not reacting or anything was really strange to me. That I, that's where I think it's trying to be satirical. Right. Cause and, the audience is like encouraging him along and like the way. Failing miserably. It was horrible and it was completely unrealistic. I know, you know, reality is kind of iffy here, but it's just unbelievable. I mean, to the point where he's like, he's like washing off blood on his car next to a police officer and the police officer is like not paying attention. And it's just, there's little things like that where it's like, that's absolutely, that would never happen, but it's, the whole movie is full of those things. So you can't really pick and choose what's the most unbelievable. And I actually, I didn't mind the last five minutes where they were showing how he kind of became this online hero, because that to me, those last five minutes when they were showing all this, like uh, her, the comedian going off and becoming like this, um, you know, like using it to further her career and then him becoming this like hero online. That honestly rang a little true to me because I was like, I can actually see that happening. But that was one little portion of a. <laughs> I, that's the moment where I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought that it was, you know, you can actually, you've seen that happen. Uh, yeah. So my opinion of Joker is well known. And um, 
I, I think that that if it has one saving grace of a of a plot line, and this also goes along with what I said about American Psycho, is that you can American Psycho it's kind of explicit that none of this is happening. Um, you know, like when basically when the ATM asks him to put a cat into it. Uh, right, it's like surreal. <laughs> right. There's surreal jo- elements. Joker, you can argue that at some point it becomes uh, a delusion of his. Like uh, I've seen that that argument be made that, you know, like when he gets into the refrigerator and Joker, everything after that is some sort of delusion as he's dying or whatever. That being said, this movie does neither of those things. Doesn't even give you a way out. Doesn't give you any kind of excuse for what's happening. Just that this, like, psychopath, essentially, is morally bankrupted by this streaming culture that is, in turn, just as morally bankrupt, which I think is an unfair indictment. I mean, I'm not, I don't get it. I don't get the live streaming of a dude just doing shit, but, you know. Obviously, people do, and people aren't murdering people because of it, necessarily. But the idea that that this movie kind of incriminates that over this guy, I think, is is really the wrong message, and that it doesn't give you an out, and it gives like it makes this guy into a martyr at the end of the day, right? And uh, and the people that he and it, it tries to paint everyone that he encountered as bad in some sort of way. Like, yeah, the white supremacist guy, I get it. Like, sure. Uh, you know, the the dickhead alpha male guy, maybe. Everyone else is like, well, no, they're just random assholes, sort of. Like, they're not bad people for society. And the idea that the that this character is supposed to be some sort of hero in that respect, and I don't I don't really know what the movie thinks of the character at the end of it. You know, right. it doesn't really give you a sense that this movie is indicting this character. Right. And I think that's the biggest problem with it. And I don't know. Again, this is a great cast. I think Joe Curie is good. Um, I love the way it looks. I mean, it's shot some of the stuff. It's incredible the way they shot it, like, uh, you know, matching the phone with the other cameras. I mean, it looks amazing. Um, just this story is dog shit. It's dangerous <laughs> dog shit. Yeah. And it's it does it has no there's no consequences for the actions of this character. And I don't know that it even wanted to have them. Right. I don't think that it does. Yeah, that's a good you know, that's a good point because you mentioned it it tries to touch on satire, but like does it? Like yeah, is, I don't know. is it is it is it technically satire when it's basically um like obviously I think I think the the only satire that it touches on again is is like the streaming comments that come right. up, um, which is which is there. But again, when you're when you show the movie and everything that happens, and then show him becoming four chan famous martyr guy, that's not satire. That's right. That that would happen. Like this is <laughs> yeah, stuff that would true. happen. Right. You know, because I did take it as them saying like, look at the that I I took that as being satire, like them making a comment on. Especially being done over like the title credits kind of quickly to sort of put a period on the end of this. Yeah. I, but not I done just, well. I just don't I don't agree with it. It's I just don't think it it again, like Boys State to to a larger scale, I don't think if they had a point, I don't think they made it. 
But it's also got this message too, where like the the signs were there if anyone was watching his previous streams. So like he's got like an archive of like him setting this whole thing up. And again, what message is that sending? Is it is it sending watch out for the people who don't have a lot of popularity who seek it because the clues are right <laughs> yes, in front of yeah. you? Like I like yeah, it, it just it again provides this like like justification for incel behavior. Uh, that that just feels gross, to be quite honest. Well, yeah, and every I mean that's that's the thing. And Jocelyn, you know this from news is when something tragic happens like this, you try to go back and find like social media, like for example, the Austin, the guy who did the bombings here in Austin. Try to go back and look at his social media, see if there was any kind of you know warning or you know something that could be in retrospect a uh, uh, some sort of of sign of danger and the guy just had nothing but the the point of this movie is this guy had all this stuff out there and he just wasn't popular enough for anyone to stop him right is that the point i don't right get it. It, but also does it imply that if this guy went viral previously that all of this could have been prevented had right. people just well and there's that part in the movie there's that that part where the he gets a spree and the driver says don't worry i'm not that guy going around right now where it's like really oh, he gets a, he gets a go but he's live streaming himself. His face is going to be everywhere. Like in right. what world would nobody have his picture out? He's been killing people on online for oh, a, yeah. a day. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, he has you like been thousands like... of. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't make any sense. Grades, Cody. Yeah, this thing's a piece of shit, um, and uh, and a dangerous one at that. Um, like, like again, I, I feel like if this was on more people's radar. Uh, People would be quite uh, alarmed uh, at what ultimately this is, um, and uh, yeah, it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. I give it a D plus. D plus, Jocelyn. Yeah, uh, I I think that it could have benefited from what Cody was saying as far as like if there was like a break in his mental you know state, if there was some type of a a reason. I don't know. I don't. It wouldn't make it better, but it would make it at least make sense. And the whole movie doesn't make sense at all. And like you two are both saying, like it's it's dangerous and 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 scary and just it's a it's a really it just makes me feel icky. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a D, just a solid D. Yeah, this is like um, some of the the people that weren't the stars in Boys State in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I kid. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is a turd. It's a D minus for me. The gentleman's F. Yay. Ladies and gentlemen, the gentleman's F. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next movie, Sputnik. Ты мне подпевать будешь? И давай споем то, что тебе нравится. Да мне в принципе вот это про звезды нравилось пару месяцев назад. Татьяна Юрьевна, требуется ваша консультация. Наверняка вы слышали о недавнем приземлении орбиты 4. За день до приземления с экипажем пропала связь. Судя по всему, на орбите произошел некий инцидент. Думаю, этот случай вас очень заинтересует. Я вас раньше не видел. Меня пригласили, чтобы я оценил ваше состояние. Зачем они меня здесь Можете объяснить? Мы вырезали часть пленки. Надо было мне сразу вам все рассказать. This is a Russian horror film uh, set in the Soviet Union uh, during the um, time of the um, 
I guess the tail end of the space race, uh, 1983, I believe. Jocelyn, tell us about Sputnik and what you thought of it. Sure. I mean, I think that really kind of, uh, says it right there. It's a, it's a Russian horror space movie. And <laughs> that's like <laughs> really it. And, um, and that's not to say that it's, you know, that that's a negative a- a- about it. Uh, so basically, uh, these astronauts, it's, it begins with these astronauts. Cosmonauts. Who, um, oh, I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. Cosmonauts. Um, who are on this mission and, uh, one comes back. He doesn't remember what happened, but now he's, uh, in a facility. He's basically under arrest. Like he can't leave. Uh, he, he doesn't know what happened. He, uh, has this amnesia. So they bring in this, uh, doctor, this sort of like a psychiatrist to sort of, uh, determine what happened and she's kind of a rebel too she begins by being fired um in her first scene from another project so uh it sets it up to be really kind of interesting and psychological you don't really know what's happening um and then through the course of the movie you realize that he has been um i guess sort of infiltrated by an alien (laughs) like a symbiotic yeah relationship yeah. yeah, I don't want to give too much away because it's actually sort of interesting the way that it's uh, done. He's ba- he, he's basically a host for something that he brought back from space. Um, and then it gets really gory and, uh, you know, your typical horror movie. Uh, and, um, and, and then there's some more, I guess, trying to do a backstory about him and, and his background and him having this child, which I don't think is necessary at all. But uh, as far as like a, a, a cool space horror movie, I really liked it. And um, I had read somewhere that people didn't really enjoy when it started getting really bloody. Um, but that didn't bother me. The gory stuff didn't bother me. It was genuinely scary when they were talking about how the host basically feeds on uh, the fear of people. I legitimately got scared. <laughs> I had to like continue to tell myself, Tell myself this is an alien movie, Jocelyn. It is not real. Um, well, was there any? Were you thinking it was real for a minute? For a second, yeah. <laughs> My hypothalamus. <laughs> well, I was just like and thinking about how terrifying that for me is scary. Where it's like something you can't control that it feeds on. Uh, and the smell I, of fear. I, yeah, exactly. Like that's that's like super creepy was to it, me. Wasn't it's that like in so annihilation? Wasn't that part of annihilation too? I was trying to think of other movies where they kind of play on that because it is, you know, it has been done before. And this whole movie. When the bear came in? I don't remember. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But every, I mean, everything in this movie has been done before. Uh, I I thought maybe, maybe because it is a foreign movie and it's in Russia, Russian, it's a little more interesting and a little more uh, just that much kind of scarier and foreign, Um, (laughs) you know? Soviet era Russia is kind of uh, well. They bring so, yeah. in they they do do a, a good job of like basically her saying like she uh, she doesn't follow orders and they're like how very anti Russian of her you know so they yeah. do bring in these elements of the culture that can already be a little terrifying um, and and so all that together woven I I thought it was a pretty pretty interesting movie well yeah and like the the guy she's kind of recruited by is the party a party member and. Those guys, yes, can, exactly. You know, end your life, essentially. Not the best movie I've ever seen, but definitely not not a bad one. Cody, what about you? Yeah, well, you know, while this movie is Russian, uh, the movie certainly isn't because it is a slow burn. Hold for applause. No, okay. <sighs> <on>. uh, <laughs> three. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, uh, it it is it is a slow burn of a movie, and um, 
it's it's certainly not your typical high uh, uh space sci-fi horror type of movie like there are some elements of it it does bring the gore uh when uh when when needed um but it's not quite what i thought it was going to be in that it's it's kind of at times a slower kind of character study and it's it is kind of like interested in the science piece of it as well which i think is a little bit refreshing at times um side note super bothered that they get a, like a neuropsychologist or a neuropsychiatrist to separate parasite and host because that doesn't seem like a job for a psychiatrist. That, that <laughs> seems like more of a biology thing. That's a good point. Um, which bothered me the whole movie, by the way. I was, <laughs> it happens in the first scene and I'm like, but why, why get a psychiatrist? It doesn't make sense. Um, aside from that, um, I, I do think that it does a good job of, of throwing in some metaphors um, in here. You know, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, you know, being, being fed with fear or by fear. Um, and there's also some stuff about, um, like being consumed with being a hero as well. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, the, the excuse for doing all of the space stuff was that this guy decided he wanted to, you know, be an astronaut and, and, and be a cosmonaut, hero, a cosmonaut, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, and like forego like the family stuff and, and to be a hero for his country or whatever. And so um, I, I think those elements are interesting. Um, I, I think that it is a touch on the boring side, um, though I, I ended up, you know, liking the movie enough. It is a little slow and I wish that maybe a little bit more happened. Um, but I do like the characters. I, I like um, the interplay between um, the main actress and actor. Um, I don't have their names in front of me. Um, There's but, some uh, Russian names. Yeah. Don't try. Uh, the actress in particular, I think, is really good. And I also like there's also a, a, a side character who plays like an actual scientist. Um, and I like the interplay between, you know, uh, the, the female actress and um, in that character as well. Um, I like the setting. It's, a, it's set in the 80s in 1983. And I think that it, it looks the part. And I think it's got some um, it's a very kind of like um, dark and gloomy kind of palette. It's a very Soviet um, Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's it's got like a cool creature design too, and and I I I don't have a ton of stuff to say about it because I think it's it's one of those movies that was just kind of there. Um, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it for the most part. Yeah, I um, I I'm gonna agree with you, Cody. I do think it was a little on the boring side. Um, I think it got a little too tedious in the middle. Um, but I think overall it, it, it has a, a lot of interesting scares to it. I, unlike Jocelyn, I never really thought it was real, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was, uh, it was really well done. Uh, I think the, the, the effects are, look great and the creature design is really cool. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, interested in the way it, um, you know, like it, it feeds off fear basically like the, 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 the parasite as it were needs you to be afraid of it was the kind of the message that it had and i thought that was an interesting take on things uh, other than it just being like a, a massive bloodbath i don't really know what was going on with the uh kids subplot i agree and there's there's some flashbacks in there or are they that <laughs> kind of confuse the whole thing and I don't really know where that fits in by the end of the movie. If you know what I'm talking about, um, 
like there's a reveal in this in this orphanage scene that that points to whether or not this is a flashback. I get it. Yes. I don't really understand. I don't understand it. I'm so glad you mentioned that because now it, it makes a lot more. It makes more sense and less sense at the same time to me. I just don't, I don't get what the point of that plot line was. I get the the idea that that this guy, um, you know, as part of this Soviet hero culture for you know like people that were that brought honor to the Soviet Union, you know, why he would abandon his his child that he really didn't know anything about. But I don't understand how that tied into the other character. Maybe it's almost like how Arrival did that whole thing where it just like played with time, where everything. Oh, that like was time weird. isn't linear. It's like everything that's happened already has happened and will happen. You know, I thought kind of that she became like unstuck in time. Like and it's was like, like time is a flat circle. <laughs> the, 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 I liked that movie, but the, the dumbest part was when she like whispered in the general's ear and <laughs> got his secret cell phone or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Oh, I hate that me. plot. What did she say? It's it's like in oh, arrival? you gave me my secret phone number and it's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> That movie was cool otherwise, but I know, it, it, I loved uh, it. anyway, um, yeah, it's, this movie's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a decent horror movie. And, you know, being this sort of Soviet set, uh, you know, last days of the cold war, uh, you know, vibe to it, I think is interesting. And the idea that, uh, you know, this is the communist party, uh, and you had to obey it and you had to, to kind of fit into it. Otherwise you would be you know, shipped off to, to wherever, to Siberia, or I guess they're in Kazakhstan uh, at the time. Um, it, it's fine. Um, nothing great, but it's fine. All right, grades. Uh, who went first? Was it you, Jocelyn? Yeah, Jocelyn, what's your grade? Sure. I um, actually just want a button where you say cosmonauts, where you interrupt us and say cosmonauts all the time. Also, there's a redhead at the beginning that I thought was Christina Hendricks. For a very long time, and I was like, I had no what? idea Christina Hendricks spoke Russian. Like, how did oh, she? Yes. She looks just like her. But anyway, that's just a side note. Uh, like you guys said, it's just a it's a nice little horror movie. Nothing special. I'm gonna give it a B minus. Cody, yeah, I'm I'm at the same place of B minus. Um, I'm you know it's not a movie I would ever watch again, but it was fine enough to watch to spend you know an hour and a half or forty five minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, same for me, B minus. I don't really know why it was called Sputnik because it has nothing to do with oh, Sputnik. Oh, so the Russian, um, I believe the the Russian word Sputnik translates into like uh, passenger. Right. Um, okay. I so like it. it's it's a parasite host thing, and it means it's not referencing the satellite. Right. It okay. means like a traveler or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. B minus three B minuses all around. Uh, okay, let's move on to our last movie, Host. Hey! Hi, guys. Take hey, Dark! Tina! Caroline! Hi, Teddy! Hey. Hi. 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 Let's do a shot, guys. Hey, everyone, get in. Three, two, one. Have you ever done anything like this before? I've never done this over Zoom. Obviously, we're not physically together, but there's no reason why Spirit can't communicate over the internet. Nothing's going to happen. Visualize us sitting in a circle. Spirit, we invite you to use us to pass on any communication. Is there anyone there? Please come forth. 
was that? Amy, was that you? I heard it. I heard something. I think there's something here. So this is a Shudder original, and uh, it's a couple weeks old, but it had a lot of buzz, so we decided yeah. to, to review it. Cody, uh, tell us about Host and what you thought of it. Yeah, so it's had a lot of buzz because, um, as you can see from the clip, or if you can't see if you're listening to this, the movie was is completed was completed over 12, the uh, really t- the last 12 weeks, um and like from conception to finishing of the film uh during quarantine and is completely shot on zoom uh and actual zoom like there's articles if you can read about them that like zoom headquarters like helped them out with it and gave them you know the blessing (laughs) to put their name on it i would assume they also gave them the bandwidth because it looks really great more yeah. so than any Zoom I've ever been on. It, it, it does, although, but it does a great job of like building in the shittiness of Zoom too at times. Right. Um, you know, especially when someone connects on like a cell phone and there's, you know, loading and connection issues. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it got notoriety for, you know, again, uh, movies typically don't take 12 weeks to be completed from start to finish. And so obviously, you know, putting this out there um, and it being a Zoom horror movie, plus it being uh, in quarantine times, you know, you'll see you know, really fun little nods where uh, people will like bump elbows or they'll go uh, outside and you can see them in masks and stuff. So it, it kind of, um, you know, dates it to this time period. And um, it is a movie that cat is... Cat sighting, cat sighting, sorry. <laughs> Cute oh. kitty cat. Aww. Yeah. Um, she's <laughs> going to... Something will come crashing down in a matter of moments. <laughs> Ooh, and um, then we can be like, what was that? Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it'll be. Um, so... Uh, so the other thing about the movie that's notable is that it's 56 minutes long. So it's it's a quick movie that is what like only a few minutes longer than what uh what what is technically a short it's, film it, is it uh, like 53 minutes? Or I something? thought it was I thought you had to be 75 minutes to be a full length feature. I don't think so. I thought that was the case. I, anyway, it's it's based on the the free Zoom uh time frame. Yeah, which I think which is, is cool. Which is again brilliant. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's one in the series of a lot of really brilliant decisions that happen. And quite honestly, I was stunned with how good this movie is. Um, it does a great job of table setting, which I think, you know, in a 56 minute movie, you really don't have, you have to be really efficient with your table setting. And it does this great idea of, again, what you see, which is a seance that happens over zoom. You know, one person is super into it and the other ones are kind of not taking it entirely seriously. And, um, and as a result, everything kind of goes wrong. And during the setup, you get, you know, an interesting like uh, separation of characters where you get to see some character types and personality types uh, come to the surface. There's some great little jokes like the, uh, there's a little running joke where um, they say they're going to take a shot every time this person says astral plane. And, uh, and so they, you know, make her say astral plane several times to to drink, which is a great joke. And then it gets very serious um, very quickly. And essentially again, the seance goes wrong and then uh, some things start happening. And uh, it is like a nasty little horror movie. Like there's a lot of like really grisly stuff that happens in it. That's all done really cleverly because you know if you again i've read some articles about the movie you know these these actors were rigging their own special effects in their apartments 
and doing their own makeup and they were directed over zoom. And mm-hmm. so like they got, you know, like fishing wire or whatever to kind of like shake things around. And, 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 and there's a lot of really clever, really smart camera tricks as well. Um, and, in some really low budget special effects that really work. Um, in particular, there's a couple, there's, there's a great, 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 uh, usage of, uh, camera filters. Um, oh yeah. That hasn't, that has a fantastic payoff to it. Um, and then like, you know, there's, there's one scene that has, uh, flower, um, that, it, that plays a big part, which is funny because if you see, I, I, I think that's a bit of a commentary on the sourdough, uh, uh, <laughs> craze because you do see that that in one person's kitchen she was baking bread. Oh, um, I didn't notice that part. Yeah, it's a really small thing, but um, it's got a lot of attention to detail. The scares are pretty genuine, I think, and it's and it's uh, and I think the intimacy of having it over Zoom somehow adds to like a real bit of realism that kind of really works, where it feels um, it feels raw and intimate and. Um, and really believable. And, uh, and like I said, just some really gruesome stuff happens. I think that if there's one misstep, which is, I think, a bit of a nitpick, um, I think the less is more approach would have been a little bit better in terms of seeing what's going on, if you know what I mean. Um, There's, like, you you see a little bit more than of, of, of what is, you know, doing all of this then i think i think if you showed a little bit less it would have been a little bit more effective or effectively scary um but that being said like i'm not a horror movie person but i really 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 like this movie by the way uh, i looked it up it's 2400 seconds is the uh minimum length for a feature film for the academy which is 40 minutes so you were right i thought it was longer but Mm -hmm. anyway uh jocelyn what about you yeah i could see this um there was like a a short called uh, it was like lights out where it's like a two minute video that was really creepy that they turned into a full length movie. And I can see that happening here where this is a, a great, you know, short uh, little horror film that plays on um, all the ideas of uh, things that are happening in quarantine. That was one of my favorite parts are all the kind of little nods to uh, this pandemic that we're that we're in right now. There's a point where two characters who have been separated reunite and they don't hug, which is, you know, what you would imagine immediately. And they just like bump elbows. And I, that like took me back to like, Oh yeah, that's right. We're, we're quarantining We're you know, this was all shot during this time. So I love that, that that's, it's this little movie that will always, you know, just be in this particular time. And it reminded me a lot of Blair Witch because it is kind of the found footage thing. I agree with Cody. I think they could have done more with less as far as like showing what was providing these scares. Um, I thought it was best when it was just kind of like things that you would catch in the corner of your eye. I think uh, the, that's really where it was um, really strong and, and, and terrifying. Um, and then also I was really surprised by the acting. I was like, this movie... The acting is way better than it has any right to be. And I don't know how they did it, but that was super impressive. Um, so all it's that to say. talent, Jocelyn. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, look at Spree. Like, I know y'all were okay with Joe's <laughs> performance, but I was like, oof, it was pretty bad. And, and especially, uh, you know, there's no room to make mistakes when it's just this right here. You know, these actors are literally looking into the camera the entire movie. There's like no room for mistakes, and and it was, um, I think they all did a really great job. 
Yeah, uh, I was uh, really intrigued by the making of this movie. Probably a little bit more than the story. I think it's very effective. Um, but I think that the ultimate uh, takeaway from this is just how well it was put together. Um, one of the things that uh, I wonder about with this stuff is like you know th- this found footage thing it, it's kind of a, a, a an old trope at this point but the idea that everything you the one thing they can never get past is just why the hell is everyone always carrying their camera and i think this movie doesn't you know still falls into that same trap too but um i think otherwise it's very very well done for what it is i mean this is a tiny little horror movie um, you know, it, it's, it's very clearly, um, you know, shot on zoom. Like it's not, what was the, the one Cody that what came out a few years ago that was like all on a desktop. Oh, searching or the was horror it? version, the horror version, the horror is, version. Uh, yeah. is unfriended dark, unfriended. Web. Yeah. There was unfriended and unfriended dark web. I only saw the first one and it was well, I saw the second. it was interesting, but it wasn't like it cheated the concept a little bit. Because like it was like a one character was essentially holding a laptop above their head the whole time allegedly. <laughs> so um, the idea that this thing is um, you know was actually shot on Zoom uh, comes across really well, and I think that that is the most interesting part of it is just how well it was put together and how creative it is with what it has. Um, that said, I do think it's it's genuinely scary at certain times. I'm not a horror movie guy either, but I think it has some decent scares in it. I don't think it shows too much, personally. Uh, I think it shows just the right amount. And I think the face filter thing is probably the best, most effective scare. It's really good. Um, You know, it gets a little... There's like one really gory part, which is pretty nasty when it comes to it. But I think otherwise, it's pretty effective at building dread without really showing anything. Yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest accomplishment. Well, and I think you, you said building dread, and I think that's a great a great thing to put because the way that it sort of escalates is sort of kind of like brilliant. It's brilliantly paced. I mean, you know, I, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think you have much of a choice when you have 56 minutes, but the pace of it is great, and the fact that it kind of builds, like, you know, you start with, like, really small things that happen like a glass shattering and then you know see seeing these people getting progressively more scared about what's going on and then like all hell breaks loose and by that point i mean you're in you're invested it's 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 your you you know like i said it's it's very um i truly think that the zoom nature of it really creates an intimacy that that kind of keeps you glued I, i imagine that watching this movie on a laptop is actually probably pretty uh pretty interesting well i was watching it on my phone and every time i would get a notification i'd be like is this a part of the movie <laughs> oh they're coming like, me. Ah. <laughs> uh wow you watched it on your phone yeah wow you were I like really that. immersed in it um yeah i think that uh you know this is probably going to spawn some copycats uh speaking of cats uh, <laughs> no um i think it's going to spawn some copycats and i don't know that you know, I, I'm curious what other type of movie can effectively, what other type of story can effectively be told in this format? Because the horror movie thing is is probably pretty easy because and you don't have to show a lot. That. The seance yeah. is like, it just lends itself to it. I, I would be very interested in seeing like a comedy done this way or something that's different. Or a romantic comedy. That would, I think, be fine. Yeah. 
Whatever. I think that would actually work. Like a big sick kind of a movie. Hmm, maybe. Like meeting online. Yeah. Like the, well, like those. Go ahead. Well, HBO is doing a uh, a movie um, uh, that I believe is supposed to be like a socially distanced, uh, maybe Zoom movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it's got a good cast with it. Um, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't remember the details right now off the top of my head. I, it is. I mean, again, we've talked about this before, Cody, on our other show, Corn uh, Stream, where we just kind of the breaking down of barriers that's come with stuff like this uh, being put together in quarantine, that kind of not uh, really being beholden to the highest quality of video or audio and just managing to get the story across. You know, we talk about like all these podcasts that it's just people on zoom. And then this, we have a film made over zoom. Obviously it has um, some pretty great special effects in it. Like that there's a fire effect it happens later in the movie that was great for what it was. Um, but, uh, you know, this this sort of, you know, who knows how long we're going to be doing stuff like this, that the idea that the art forms can adapt to it, I think, is one of the most intriguing things to come out of this. Even the um, pre-recorded person, one of the characters has a pre-recording that oh, yeah. uh, keeps getting interrupted in like this fascinating way. That's like yeah. what I keep telling people when I tell them about the movie and how scary it is. That was like one of the, the moments for me that was really cool. That is yeah. just a, a, a sign of a zoom, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's, it's so it's, it's sort of like, innovative out of necessity right you have these limitations Mm -hmm. and they found a way to cook up a bunch of like very zoom specific in technologically uh, uh, technology-based scares like that scene is extremely unsettling um and and they use it to great effect i mean Mm -hmm. it's it is it's it it is very smartly done all around Yeah. yeah all right grades uh cody did you go first yeah yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, th- this this film is uh, the way that I described it is way better than it has any right to be. Um, you know, you may be hearing a movie on Zoom, a horror movie on Zoom. Uh, look, it's 56 minutes long. It's super short. Shudder has a free seven day trial. Get Shudder. Watch this. Watch La Llorona. And uh, and I think you'll uh, be happy with the money that you're well, then. Never mind, it's free. Uh, so <laughs> you might keep it. You might keep. You might. You might keep it. Maybe. I mean, if Shutter can, if Shutter can churn out a, original programming that's this good, man, who yeah. knows? I mean, between this and La Llorona, I think is um, that's a pretty strong debut for. And I, I know they didn't just start, but that's a pretty strong opening salvo. Uh, Jocelyn, what about you? Did Cody oh, give I it something? I, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. It. What's your that's grade, okay. Cody? That's sorry. okay. I, I give it a B plus. B plus, Jocelyn. B. B. That was quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to give it a B plus. Also, I think it's uh, I think it's really well done. I, again, I, I still think the, and maybe that's just because I don't really care about horror. It's just the way it was put together is way more interesting to me than the story. And I think it's it's so well put together that it um, it's that's enough of a watch in and of itself. Uh, yeah. So that's three Bs, or no? You had a B minus, right? Co- Wait. I gave it a B plus. No, two B pluses. Oh, B plus. and a oh two B. B pluses and a B. Sorry. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for this week. Next week, Cody, what do we have? Five movies again? Uh, mm-hmm. No, just four this time. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, Unhinged, the movie that's oh, going to yes. save cinema. Uh, the first <laughs> movie that's wide, like wide release that's opening in theaters in a while. Yes. Uh, Russell Crowe Road Rage movie. Um, we also have 
Tesla, which I am a bit intrigued by, which seems to be a super weird, uh, like a Tesla biopic that's not really a biopic because Ethan Hawke uh, is apparently sings oh, karaoke right. in it uh, yeah. at some point. Um, My favorite it, the, Tesla is uh, David Bowie in The Prestige. Mm-hmm. He just ends up cloning hats. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we also have a movie called The 24th, which is a movie about um, a riot that happened in Houston in 1917, where an all-black oh, yes. infantry rioted, um, and uh, that's coming out. And then we'll have a fourth movie that I have not decided yet, um, or we have not decided yet. This is a democracy. Um, <laughs> that, Cody uh, podcast. That we'll have. Hey. Cody Snob podcast. Cody, he finds all this stuff, so. <laughs> yes. One of these Thank days, you. it's going to be just a, a movie of him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's Cody. I made this documentary <laughs> that about would be myself. Great. Uh, I would a day in the life of Cody. What's up, guys? It's just going to be like your spree. Ver- spree. Your version <laughs> of spree. No, no, let's not. It's not inspiring anything. Uh, <laughs> all right. If you want to, away. if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast@cinesnob.net. You can find us on Twitter at cinesnob, Facebook cinesnob critic. We are on Twitch. Is it uh, twitch.tv slash cinesnob? Twitch.tv slash cinesnob, uh, Sundays at 8 p.m. Sundays at 8 p.m. Also, uh, you can watch the Cinesnob podcast on YouTube and Facebook, uh, usually the day after it airs. Uh, We're going to be airing, you know, we air live on Twitch, and then um, you can watch it uh, at your leisure on demand. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. But what's the fun in that? You can't see Cody's cat uh, climbing up the wall. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you can listen to our other podcasts, ReMCU, Rewatching the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Quarant Stream, where Cody and I talk to people uh, locked up in quarantine and what they're watching. Uh, we just released our second episode with comedian Chris Cubis. Uh, got some other things in the works. Nothing, uh, nothing cemented yet, but uh, some fun stuff. Um, Jocelyn, how's things over there? Great. Everything's just dandy. Yeah? I cool. didn't mention France once. Oh, well, you just mm. did. You I know. It. Plus, it's on the, the map behind you at all times. So. <laughs> uh, Cody, what about you? Uh, I've got the Ramble, which is now four days a week. Uh, Good Lord. Uh, we have We have Ramble Radio uh, on uh, on Tuesdays and Fridays. We have the regular ramble on Wednesdays and premiering this Thursday, Good Willow Hunting. Oh, <laughs> yes. You mentioned uh, you were just watched Aliens. Yeah, I watched Predator and Aliens. Oh. And then, um, uh, and then for the next ep- set of episodes, I'm watching for the first time, because these are movies that I haven't seen before that I'm watching right. for the first time, uh, that will eventually culminate in me watching uh, Heat. Uh, wait, I just blew it. Uh, Heat is one of them. It's going to end with me watching Willow. Uh, next next week I'm watch or uh, next time around I'm watching Heat. I'll watch as- Heat with you. I Wait a minute, seen you it. haven't seen Heat? No, I haven't either. Holy shit! I Wait, know. both of you? I know. I'm leaving. Well, yeah, it's it's yeah. dumb. It's a that's diploma? a great. No, it's uh, Michael Mann. It's ah. fucking great. Um, yeah, there's so- a reason people call The Dark Knight Heat with Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm watching for for the second set of episodes, Heat and um, Top Secret, which I have not oh, seen. Your little Val Kilmer uh, double feature there. Yeah, that was the idea. Uh, by the way, um, there are no more Alien movies after Aliens. Remember that. <laughs> okay. Right. And there are no more Predator movies after Predator. 
So remember well, that. See, that's weird, Jared, because uh, oh no 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 no. There's a <laughs> there's a little movie called Prometheus that I think... oh no. I mean, there's what four more alien movies proper, and then there's two more Alien it's... versus Predator movies. When does it's... it come out of the stomach? Aliens or Alien? That's for Alien. That's the first Alien. One. There's one that comes I, I, Alien out of the is in Aliens too. Uh, but but then that's the fame the famous one with um, you mean aliens also <laughs> aliens as well <laughs> the famous uh, first one who is the guy um, he just died um, mm. where it comes wow. out of his stomach an alien oh. damn it I can't remember the actor and what is anyway. the one where it comes out and starts dancing is that spaceballs that's spaceballs <laughs> <laughs> has a little hat and he's yeah. singing hello my baby oh yes, sorry love that you know uh, so funny it's to me. Uh, it's John Hurt, by the way. Um, ah, John Hurt. Thank it's, you. It's really weird because I have seen Prometheus and I've seen Alien Covenant, but I haven't seen, I hadn't seen Alien or Aliens prior to. Uh, Alien is movie. a horror movie. Aliens is like a space action movie. Right. I think it, I personally prefer Aliens. Oh, it's like the first. Um, it's like it's it's James Cameron's first thing after tight after Terminator. And like the first Titanic. time he had it. No, he's so funny. He did produce, didn't he produce? No, he produced the Terminator. Um, no, it's a really, it's like his first big budget thing. Terminator was not a big budget, you can tell. Um, and then Predator, the first Predator is good, everything else is garbage. Uh, every other alien movie, well, Alien 3 is supposedly misunderstood. Mm. Um, and then Alien 4. Covenant, no, not Alien Covenant. What is Alien Resurrection is just a bad movie, <laughs> though it does have a great scene of uh, Sigourney Weaver kicking Ron Perlman's ass at basketball for some reason. <laughs> oh well, now I got to watch. <laughs> Man, there's uh, one note I had about Predator is that, as and we talk about this on Good Willow Hunting, is that like Carl Weathers is acting his ass off in that movie, and everyone else around him is terrible. <laughs> Dude, I mean, yeah, he's great. I mean, Arnold is Arnold. Um. That shot of them like greeting each other. Yeah. I mean, there is not a better cheese ball shot in any movie <laughs> ever. Like it is a two, Hall of Famer. They're two muscled ass arms coming together. Like they got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> I mean, it's just And then you, they're just they flex their biceps. I mean, they, and they're like they, they shake their hands. They are so vascular. <laughs> like like they're so veiny and sweaty. Oh man, it's so great. Did you like uh uh your boy Shane Black? in it um so i, I who was he's in he? it yeah he's the first he's like the crazy guy that i think he's the first one that dies i i know i, I couldn't place Black, him the director yeah mm -hmm. yeah really? he's in predator i didn't know he acted i, yeah, I interviewed it's been a while. yeah is uh, he the guy who's who uh, is telling like the inappropriate jokes i believe so he's got glasses was okay he, yeah like, very young because he's not so old well yeah i mean he's he was an adult Okay. So not a, he's part of the team. He's part of. Uh, he wasn't a baby, sorry. Jocelyn. He's part of the team with um, Arnold and um, uh, Jesse yeah. Ventura. He tells. He, I, I believe, he's the one who tells a few vulgar jokes in in it. Who's the other guy? Um, Jesse Ventura's in it. I know. There's another guy that's been in a bunch of movies. Too. Bill Duke. Bill Duke. Yes, Bill Duke is in it. Um, they all die, but Arnold. So, you know. Anyway. I think that they were saying, and I'm I'm double checking this right now, but I believe, um, oh wait, never mind. What? What were we gonna say? No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> I, you were I gonna get wrong. something wrong. 
Did you? Oh, well, then definitely tell us what you were wrong. No, I fact check. I saved myself from having to do this by fact checking. So there's uh, so after Predator, there's Predator Two, which has Danny Glover for some reason, and it's like set in L.A. I think. Yeah. Um, And then there's the two Alien versus Predator movies. Then there's Predators. That's the Robert Rodriguez produced one, right? Yeah, with uh, Topher Grace and. Adrian what? Brody. I've seen no. that. I didn't see no. that. No, that is Th- like again. literally the most ridiculous words strung together. <laughs> that <laughs> that is the one Predator Robert movie Brody. that I had seen. It's so that it's, one. They're, they're on Topher another Grace. planet, right? I'm gonna write yeah. that one down. Adrian Predators. Brody, Topher Grace, Walton Goggins, and Lawrence Fishburne. That makes oh, no sense at all. I love Walton Goggins, but that poor bastard can't get a good movie to save his life. Yeah. He's in the guy. second G.I. Joe movie. I don't know if either of you ever saw that one. Mm-hmm. But he has to say... I love Walton Goggins. I Goggins. try to avoid bad movies. So. And he has to say some ridiculous shit about Cobra Commander. That's like... <laughs> I'm just like, God damn it, man. This is so sad. Um, So yeah. And then there's Predator... Or The Predator, which is the most recent Predator movie. That's the Shane Black one, right? That's the Shane Black one with... um, uh, Who's the guy that was in... um, That played Black in... Uh, Moon, uh, uh, god damn it, uh, Moonlight. Uh, uh oh, um, wait, the I guy who plays who? He played Black, the the grown up, um, the, in the third part of Moonlight. Oh, I don't know, but isn't Sterling K. Brown in the in Predator? The oh King yeah, Black he, one? the Predator, the Predator. Yeah, he's like the bad guy. Really? Yeah. That's um, just... God, who is that? I forget that guy's name. Um, I don't, I don't know that. I'm looking it up so... now weird and new <laughs> oh my god okay this is even a crazier cast than predator oh yeah no it is it's uh, so the guy's name is trevante rhodes that's it that's it uh. but listen to the rest of this cast um, jacob tremblay jacob tremblay <laughs> uh keegan michael key okay. yes olivia munn yes Aww. boyd holbrook oh yeah alfie allen and, <laughs> oh yes and yes, yes. and Dion. and star of money playing thomas jane <gasps> Oh yes. gosh! I remember <laughs> this. Um, I, did you see this, Cody? Because I think I feel like we talked about it. We didn't. I I own it, um, because I got it as a promo product, but I've never seen it. It's not good. Yeah. So it I've heard. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Poor Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah. How did he get wrapped up in all that? By the way, have you seen uh, Doctor Sleep, Jocelyn? No, the one with uh, Ewan McGregor. Oh. Man, the Jacob Tremblay scene is like such a brutal scene. It's brutal. Oh no! I love that movie though. But um, okay, I gotta watch it. Anyway, so, um, was it like a sequel? It's supposed to be a sequel, sequel to, to the, the Shining. Shining. The Shining, yeah. yeah. There's okay. a, there's apparently a three hour director's cut that is really good. That's on HBO Max. That yeah. I, both Jared and I have threatened to watch, but haven't quite. I don't think either of us have done. I yet. have done it. I I want my wife to watch it too because uh, I it's not a she's not into gore horror. Um, like she really doesn't like gore. And this movie, uh, at least the Doctor Sleep theatrical version, was not gory. No, it was more of a psychological thing. Yeah, the... yeah. It's it's a great it's a great great movie. Um, it did not deserve to bomb, and it no. really upsets me that it bombed so hard. I know. Anyway, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff, and also um, uh, there's it's got that great Rebecca Ferguson performance which is such a there's good a, role there's a part where she's like flying through the air mm-hmm. that's so cool it's yeah. so mm-hmm. good um is it? Yeah. 
Anyway, um, yeah, we got off on a tangent there. But uh, yeah, um, anything else before we go? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, also, stay tuned. If you subscribe to us on Twitch, um, I think I might be doing some different content on Twitch sometime this week. So if you oh, subscribe yeah. to us, um, I'm solidifying it now. But yeah. Yeah. A little um, tease. All nude. Uh, no. All right. On that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Jocelyn Duran. Thank you for listening to this Cine Snob podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.